for great-looking T-shirts, hoodies, and sweatshirts. The TNT Shop is now open at tntradio.live. Talk that matters. Germ Warfare and Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's very difficult to be serious at this time of the year. One week to go before Christmas and then another week to go before the the turn of the year. 2024 is around the corner. Uh, and it's weird, though. There's so much serious stuff going on. But I, I can't find myself taking things too seriously now at this stage of the game. Uh, I don't know. It's a mental thing. Send me an email, jimwarfare at tntradio.live. Say hi. Let me know where in the world that you are mailing me from. I always actually get told because I keep telling people. And I really do appreciate that. I love, 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 love um, knowing where people are listening from. It's such a, it's such a vast, vast space. You, you don't realize how big Earth actually is until you get on a plane and go somewhere internationally. <laughs> it's just so big. You know, it's so easy to get caught up in, in like a one or two hour flight and thinking that that is, that that is the, 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 the furthest that you can go until you're flying for 11 hours and it just doesn't end. Um, so yes, thank you for those mails. Jump into the live chat. And if you are watching via Rumble or YouTube or wherever, um, hi, you can now see us. We have to look presentable. And that is all thanks to the guys in the studio. Actually, I forgot to ask Alex, uh, who's in the studio. Is it, it's Alex, it's you and Anoop. Is that all right? Yes, it's Anoop. So Anoop is, is handling all the video stuff today. So if you have complaints, uh, uh, send them my way and I will never let him know. <laughs> all right, let's, let's, let's go to this. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Conversations to inform and include. It's meant for everyday people to understand. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. It's Christmas time, Todd Hayen. <laughs> yes, it is. You want to <laughs> sing some carols? <laughs> you well you were talking about music in one of your more recent substacks what was well, i didn't read it what was all that about oh gee you didn't look at it um i gave as a gift to all my paid subscribers um uh my christmas cd that i produced many years ago in a previous life uh that's what i used to do i was your your own music yeah, I was a comp- I was, I shouldn't say I was, I still am a composer for film and television in Hollywood. I did that for like 25 years. And um I, I didn't know this. You did. Yeah, well. Um and I produced a Christmas CD uh, around 2006 or so. Went to Moscow, Russia and recorded it with the Moscow Symphony. And uh it's pretty nice. And so I gave it as a gift to all my paid subscribers on my True View. So you, sh- you should have gotten the link. It's just a link to a set of 17 audio files. And uh, yeah, it's my alter ego, my, my other self. Well, so let's talk about I'm, that just for a moment. That is awesome. So obviously you can play just about every musical instrument. Oh, sure. Yeah, no. Actually, I'm really a bad, I'm really a bad musician. <laughs> I, I never I never learned how to really play anything really well. I did study trumpet and cello and piano and all that, but I don't play anything well, which is one of my greatest regrets that I didn't really focus on that when I when I could have. So I just write, I compose, I orchestrate, I conduct. So those are my instruments. Uh, 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 no, this is fake news. 
You no, are you no, are fibbing. You are fibbing. You are fibbing, Todd. Uh, Any, I wish. <laughs> yeah. Any person who can conduct and write music can probably play pretty well. <laughs> no, really seriously, that's a myth. That's a myth. I think I'd be a better writer if I could play well. Um, and I I had a very strong imposter syndrome when I was working in Hollywood conducting because the musicians in Hollywood are like they're like aliens. They're just so amazing. <laughs> and I would get in front of this, you know, 60-piece group and, you know, feel like I was, are they like making fun of me or what? But I actually did pretty well. I, I was, I think, unless it was all Hollywood fakery, I, I think the musicians liked working with me because I was very kind to them. <laughs> I didn't scream and yell. But um, but they're just, they're, they're amazing. And I, and I never was that, you know, I never was a great player. Of any but there's there's an interesting there's an interesting sub conversation happening there. Um, so Scott Adams, who you know uh, from from Dilbert, um, has spent years writing about um, what what does he call it? Uh, systems rather than goals, and he he's always made the argument that it's better to be mediocre at a whole bunch of things than to be excellent at one thing. Uh, this it, is an ongoing really? debate. I, Oh, but I'd he, like to hear he, about that. So <laughs> he, that's me too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, he suggests that being a jack of all trades, generally speaking, is is superior to being what a, oh. a what what would you call it? A master of one? No, I don't know. I don't, right. What would you? Right. What would the other analogy? But you know what I mean. Right. I I've I've never known which way to lean on this. Um, I do think that his argument holds a lot of weight because mm -hmm. if you are more generalized in your approach to, I guess, just life. You you, you, mm -hmm. you can probably get through things um, a lot more efficiently than if you are just useless at, at everything, but you're excellent at one thing. But I don't know. What do you think? Well, it's interesting you bring this up, and I'd really like to look into this because that has plagued me my entire life. I am definitely a jack of many trades, not all of them. And uh, in fact, the first one of the first big interviews I had for a job when I was about 22 um it was a music job, and that's what I was told. I didn't get it, and I was told you're you're jack of all trades, and you, you really need to focus on one thing. Like they'd have me play the piano, and they had me do this and whatever, and I sucked at it. So that's that's been a thing. I, I do think I'm pretty good at as an orchestrator. Uh, I I think that that's where my expertise in music is, at least. And composing, of course, but composing is so subjective. I mean, you know, it's like you could just spit anything out and call yourself a composer. But but certainly an orchestrator, I, I, it, that's a pretty objective task. And you can you can learn a lot. And, and, you know, there is a creativity in it, of course. There is an art in it. But that, again, is subjective. You can't really call yourself an expert in a subjective area. So what are your primary instruments? <laughs> um, I went through high school. The first instrument I learned was trumpet. And I went to conservatory as that is my major. Um, never good at it, uh, but passable. And then I studied cello in university and piano all the way through everything. That was, but uh, that's it. Crumb horn. I, I can play I've a crumb got a, horn. Oh, you know what a okay, crumb so horn is? Okay, so you like your 
Yeah, uh, yeah, sort of. It's sort of like a um, like a uh, a tuba, isn't it? <laughs> no, it no. It's, okay, it's a it little. It's a little wind instrument that has a crook in it. And oh it no, sound, I've got the wrong thing. It sounds like <laughs> when you play it, it sounds like you're squeezing a weasel. Oh no, okay, I've got yeah. it completely yeah. wrong then. All right, um, I've yeah. I've always had a love hate relationship with a trumpet. I've always oh yeah, I've always generally considered it to be a really crappy instrument because it's just annoying. The sound that it makes is just always yeah. annoying. Um, but I mean, there have been a few moments I think in time where it sounds good. I think the Beatles did a great job with um, was it All You Need Is Love. Where they use trumpets, yeah, the little um, piccolo trumpet, yeah. Mm. And I, if and you want to, yeah. There's an artist named um, Ting Helsing. I don't know what country she's from, but somewhere over there in Europe. Uh, if if you hate trumpet, you should listen to her play because it's it's about as nice as you can get the thing to sound. Right, uh, it's I, just beautiful. Yeah. I will say, Todd, I am extremely partial to old school jazz trumpets where they where they yeah. they put that cork where they put the cork in front of it, and they get that um, that very soft squeaky sound. Uh, you know that they're using jazz and the old old fashioned jazz that I love. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a certain kind of mute that they put in and play yes. with. Um, yeah, jazz trumpet. Yeah, yeah. I I know what you mean about trumpet. I'm not a it, it, I think it takes an incredible amount of skill to be able to play one that play a trumpet where it, where it doesn't have that edgy ugliness to it. But of course, the, the great players can do that. I mean, that's what they, but it's mm. very hard to do. It's not an easy instrument to play. None of them are. I mean, you know, what's easy? There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing easy. I mean, if we're talking about Christmas albums, um, what are some of the greats? I, I know that every year this conversation comes up and every year I say the same thing, but Christmas is not Christmas, Todd, without Boney M. Okay. <laughs> do you know, do you know, right. firstly, firstly, do you know Boney no, M? No, of course not. No, I don't. Oh, know. come on. Really? Yeah. Really? I, How my, can you not know Boney M? Is? Because my musical knowledge stops in 1890. <laughs> oh, about. no. No, it's actually oh, Todd, a little later. No. Maybe maybe 1930. Yeah, no, okay. I'm just... Well, okay, all right, all right. But, uh, so let's ask, let's ask the guys in the studio. Alex, Alex, do you, do you know Boney M? And particularly the Christmas album. And also Noop. Noop? Have you never heard of Boney M? Have you guys not heard of Boney M? Why, why do I know Boney M and I'm in Africa? <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on. This is... Oh no, this entire conversation is flying like a bag of cement. All right. All right. If you if you don't know Boney M's Christmas album, all right, okay, then then there's no hope for you. Let's move on into Bing Crosby because that's also a pretty great. Yeah, Christmas okay, album. that's Come better. On. That's better. All right. Okay, so you yeah. know who Bing Crosby is. All yes, right, okay. I do. We are going we, we are going somewhere now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, my my musical palette. In general, is very narrow, but certainly when it comes to Christmas music, it's like I'm a real traditionalist. I mean, listen to my CD. You you have access to it, so you know, download it and listen to it. I mean, it's very cinematic, huge orchestra, you know, all that stuff. But did and, you actually? And, well, so was it a full orchestra that you that you recorded, or was it digital? It, 
No, it was a it was the Moscow Symphony Orchestra, about ninety pieces. Yeah. Oh my goodness and, me! So you weren't joking? No, no, it's for real. And and you know, it's one of the main reasons why I got kind of tired of the Hollywood scene because it was all going synth, you know, synthesized mm. digital rap, and that's okay in its own right. You know, if there's a certain kind of score that lends its well to it. But it's interesting that after you know, 20 years basically of kind of moving away from it. It's interesting how if you look at any of the any of the work that's coming out now, any of the cinema that's coming out now, it still uses the full orchestra for the most part, depending on the, the style of the film. So it's not... I mean, Hans Zimmer always uses well, or orchestral. Yeah, he's he's kind of a hybrid. You know, he started out like with Rain Man and whatnot. He started out using mostly electronics because that's his big thing. But because his budgets are so huge with stuff he works on, they they go ahead and hire orchestras. I mean, there's nothing like that. And, it, you know, you're familiar with my writing. I, I'm always linking this transhuman movement. Yes. You, you know, really into essentially synthesizing everything, not just art, but everything. You know, our bodies are slowly being synthesized. And uh, so I, I think that was, a, you know, I never thought it would be correlated, but I, I think that's uh, that was the beginning of, of this movement. Whether it was, I don't think it was conscious, like nefariously conscious, but it certainly is something in human nature that, that finds more appeal uh, in and synthesized fake renditions of natural things. And, you know, that's a lot of it's economic, of course. In Hollywood, that's almost all it was. Uh, you know, uh, cutting down the expenses of things. I mean, it's very expensive to hire a large orchestra in Hollywood. It's ridiculous. You know, so it's not ridiculous. But I, mean, I shouldn't say it like that, but it's, it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Music's an incredible thing, isn't it? I, I was thinking about this a few days ago. I, I don't know, and please correct me if, if I'm wrong, but I don't know if animals uh, organically create music and enjoy it. I don't no. think they do. It, it, no. So it's only humans I that don't do this. So. And yeah, and it's it's a pretty remarkable concept, music. So, I mean, if you think about it, it's essentially rhythm plus melodies with the, some sort of repetitive nature, and then it just transcends us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No. <laughs> we could talk for days about this. Uh, yeah, and the argument about animals, uh, pe people are always trying to anthropomorphize the whole animal thing with art. You know, they'll show some fish that builds this, like, really elaborate thing in the sand and the water and think that's art and it's obviously not it's an instinctive system that has a purpose behind it and whatnot and music too i mean oh well birds sing they have really pretty mel and with they have no concept i don't think i mean sure i don't know i'm not in a bird's brain <laughs> most of the time but you know, yeah, it is. It's it is art. Art in general is is a uniquely human expression, which makes it quite important because it, mm. it creativity from an artist's perspective is in everything. I mean, even an accountant, you know, as objective as that work is, there there's something going on that that has the same uh, power behind it that art does. That pure art does. 
mm-hmm. in everything that humans do. Um, so, yeah. Well, you were saying that you don't, you you can't see into a bird's brain, but my wife thinks that I do have a bird brain. But on that note, Todd, yeah. I'm quickly going to go to a break. So, <laughs> Todd Hen, right. I'll be back with you shortly. My name is Jim. This is TNT Radio. TNT Radio's Hervoy Morich. Approximately 650,000 Ukrainian men aged 18 to 60 have left Ukraine for Europe since the start of the war. It's a tough spot. If your country is being invaded, uh, that's one thing, and you're a, a male and a citizen. Um, but you know, if the war, if it's a globalist war, I wouldn't want to participate <laughs> in these banker globalist wars and most of them just uh, are. Hervoy Morich on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. I had all of these hospital bills. We had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lyme is such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Today's News Talk Radio. Come on, let the man talk. We never censor our hosts. Good. Now, talk. Uncensored News. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Yeah, Todd, so just before the break, you and I were chatting about uh, music and the power, the, the universal power of music. But that in itself, while on the one hand can be a beautiful, beautiful, magical, good thing, can also be a bad thing. I mean, it, it can obviously be used as a tool of control and manipulation. Yeah, historically, it always has been. You know, milita- military music, nationalistic music, you know, rally round the flag. Um, I think subliminally, it's probably more effective. I, I think if it's very obvious... Uh, I think it's easy to just go, oh, yeah, this music's really rousing. It's very, you know, whatever. But I don't think it necessarily manipulates people. Um, but I think subliminally, <clears throat> it it can and does. And it generally, it can, that's why film music is so radically uh, powerful. Uh, because accompanying a visual, uh, you um, you can really accentuate the the visual now you won't see that so much in newscasts stuff like that because it's pretty obvious that it's an emotional manipulation so you won't have like a speech by biden with like scary music behind it or something i mean you know that'd be pretty obvious but in all of the media stuff that we're seeing the movies and uh particularly the movies and the the tv series that are trying to get across a, a woke idea or uh whatever it might be the music that accompanies that is is very powerful in getting the message across i don't i don't know if anybody's really gotten become really aware of that so much because i haven't really noticed it but 
the the films you're seeing coming out now are pretty over the top. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if you've seen the Netflix. Um, I I keep forgetting the name of it, uh, the title of this movie, but it was produced by the Obamas, and um, oh, yeah. Michelle Obama was one of the directors or something. I don't know if she was, was she a director of, of something? Oh, I don't know. Co-writer or yeah. I don't know. I don't yeah. Know, well, like this, this was, I just saw them on as executive producers and mm. it's, oh, it's leave the world behind is an, is the name of it. Leave, leave the world behind. I can't bring it's myself like, to watching. It's very weird. <laughs> it's like, it's about a cyber attack or something, but it's more, there's more to it than that. It's like really psychologically twisted. And the fact that they produced this thing just really freaks me out. It's just all <laughs> been so obvious. It's like, you know, everything's going. Anyway, we're moving a little further away from Christmas music. So I don't know. No, 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 no. By all means, that's the whole point of the conversation is where it's, yeah. it, that's where I was going with the with the the impact that music has. Um, and of course, well, when you combine it with visuals, it's very powerful. Right, right. And I think music. Uh, I, I don't know. Speaking of Christmas, putting music and Christmas together, um, Christmas is is has been canceled essentially. You know, it's it it has too much heart. It's um it's not inclusive. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. I could go on and on with that. And you know, that's a topic you hear a lot with Christmas being canceled. And I think the the beautiful, moving heart heart moving music that accompanies, um. Christmas is also being canceled. It's not, it's not in the main, it's not acceptable in the mainstream anymore or slowly coming out of it. Now, I don't know if your group that you like bone Eminem or whatever it is. What, <laughs> bone Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> whatever that is. So how many of your, Alex, how many of your listeners? Hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, I want Alex to, to make a timestamp there. <laughs> I want to I want to capture that for after the show. Bone Bone Eminem. <laughs> uh, make fun of me. Make fun of me. Now, how many of your listeners know that group? Did you get know. any emails I, I, or anything? I, I mean, no, anybody no, write? But to I'm you? hoping. No, nobody's messaging me yet. I mean, Alex doesn't know. You made and Alex it up, knows everything. Man. And it, Alex, made it I mean, up. Alex knows everything and he doesn't even know who Boney M is. So I'm very disappointed. So I, I've got this weird feeling that I'm like this, this lone voice in, in, in the world of Boney M. But B-O-N-E-Y-M. They, they got like one of the most famous Christmas albums of all time. B-O-N-E-Y? Boney? Yes, Boney and then the letter M. Boney M. Okay. But, but it's not look it it's up. not as it's not as fun anymore when you have to explain it <laughs> well if you know um if you like jazz uh now this is 60s jazz so it's a little funky in that way but if you like jazz you should check out esquivel uh because he does these like parody jazz things with the standard tunes that are funny I mean, they're very funny, but they're they're from it. You have to have a '60s jazz sensibility to find them funny. You have to understand '60s jazz, and or 70s, I prefer maybe. '30s jazz. I prefer '30s, yeah. '20s, and yeah. '30s jazz. Big band, 20s. swing, yeah, big fan. Okay. Yeah, but well, but '30s the, mostly. 
yeah, that's that's when it that that was before the white people took over. <laughs> you know, mm. it was more it was more that indigenous kind of uh, black jazz of that era, and then the white bands kind of took over the popularity of it, which which were good. I mean, they're they're good, but they're different. People know. don't realize that a lot of our great music actually originates from from black people. Uh, I mean, rock and roll is because of slavery. Oh yeah, you know, if it, if yeah. it weren't for slavery, we wouldn't have Led Zeppelin, you know, mm -hmm. because 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 black folk were were creating some of the best music as a result of being oppressed. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, I think we talked about this before. I was just in a conversation with somebody about it that. Yeah, I mean jazz and certainly and rock and roll as well. I mean that that all came out of that tradition. If if mm. we didn't have slavery in North America, our music would be radically different. <laughs> okay, well, Todd, we would, here you go. In the live chat, there we go. Finally, so people are saying yes. Boney M, Daddy Cool was was their big hit. Yes, I agree that was, but that's not on the ah. Christmas album. Yeah, yes. Um, uh, I, I don't know how you pronounce this. Mog Mogden says everybody knows Boney M <laughs> just 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 from the guy's tight satin trousers <laughs> you have to well, look up Boney M yeah you I go yes your, yes, your homework Todd Todd I'm always doing homework I'm always doing homework when you come into my show so yes your homework right. go and have a look and that's fine Boney M <laughs> I I'm getting the impression they're relatively eclectic you know, no, they're not necessarily they're pop. No? They're like they're pop. They're from the disco era from the nineteen seventies. Okay. Great. I'll probably love them. <laughs> I've got no idea now. <laughs> but but they are for me, they take when I was growing up, every single year at Christmas time my parents would play Boney M. And that's how I knew Christmas has started. <laughs> it wasn't <laughs> wow. It, 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 it wasn't oh and of course wham everybody has that 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 uh that george michael um album or whatever it is um please tell me you know who george michael is i feel like this is going yeah. nowhere no okay, I, you know george I, michael I, okay. all right we're off to yeah. a good start yeah alex is laughing because i think alex knows who, who george michael is tell me something alex do you know that song <laughs> last christmas please tell me you do <laughs> yes there we go alex knows the song but i'm guessing you don't todd <laughs> No, I don't. I told you, I, my my musical knowledge stops at nineteen twenty one or nineteen eighteen, at the premiere oh, of uh, of Rite of Spring in Paris. That's it. I think we have to we have to do some training here, Todd. Yeah. Uh, well, if if I do training, you have to too. You have to know. Yeah, well, absolutely. Work. I'm I'm completely open to it. <laughs> you know, I am so pretty Kath old, Catherine. Catherine in the, in the live chat uh, uh, says "Last Christmas" um, is is a great song. Um, but that it's it's a beautiful song and it's been covered by so many bands over the years. And um, uh, what what is what she say? She says and last and his last Christmas was his death date. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow. Oh, did did George Michael die on Christmas? What? No, that that doesn't sound right. Am I misreading that comment? Alex, when did George Michael die? I don't think Alex is listening. Is he doing anything? No. Oh, yes, Alex. When when did... when? 20, wow. Oh, my word. Christmas wow. 2016. 
That's incredible. Dude, I didn't know that. Your listeners know more than you do. Wow. Christmas. He died on Christmas. That is so ironic. That's weird. It was the agenda putting put him out. Well, look, son, listen, Todd, on that, do you, do you think that this is a, I have to be careful how I ask this question. Um, Christmas for me is, is a very happy time. And I understand that, that it's been completely and utterly destroyed by commercialism and everything that's, everything that is wrong. Um, and, and generally speaking, not in the spirit of Christmas has taken over. And I, I know all the, all the discussions around that for you, what is, what does Christmas mean to you? <laughs> well, Christmas has always been really a big, a big part of my childhood. My mother was, uh, was phenomenal with creating that magic and that joy and beauty, visual, you know, Christmas trees, lights and stuff and all that. And I think for me, it's, it's very, it is contemplative. It's not necessarily a happy time, but it's not a sad time. You know, it's not a sense of loss or whatever, but it's more, it's more contemplative. It's more of thinking about people I've known and people that have been important in my life that are no longer there, you know, just stuff like that. But at the core of it, and I have to say, I've never had a religious uh, core to my experience of Christmas. Uh, I think more so now than I used to. As a child, we didn't. Um, I was aware of what it was and aware of the principles lying below it, but at the foundation of it. But um, it wasn't, the, you know, we didn't go to church and you know, whatever. But it's always, I, and you know, from a musical standpoint, I used to sit as a, as a little kid, I used to sit in front of the old stereo with my ear like to the speaker and listen to Christmas albums just over and over again. So there was a real musical uh, element to it. So I guess just in a, in a simple way, it's always meant a lot to me. Um, mm. and, yeah, me too. Uh, uh, it's meant a yeah. lot to me too. I've, I've, so I've got a very strong um, sort of Christian connection to Christmas, uh, mm. but I know that I know that there are, good arguments to be made about why Christmas and Christianity are not tangible. Um, and I tend to ignore those arguments because I do, rem I do for a moment on Christmas day, reflect on the, the biblical aspect of, of Christmas. And even mm -hmm. if I've got the dates wrong, I don't, I don't care what people, they oh, can, yeah. they can create their own meanings. Yeah. But right. also for me, and, and this is, this is where I think it's very powerful, particularly now in the post COVID era, we know that we know that there are agendas to try and break apart family structures. And for me, mm -hmm. a very, very vital part of Christmas is the family structure. It's the coming together with, with your family and, and yep. just sharing, sharing a, a really wonderful time together, loving each other, one another, um, gifts, no gifts, doesn't really matter, but it's, it's the family for me. It's such an important time for family and friends and happiness. And I, I struggle, I struggle to, to be cynical about that. Oh, I do too. I, and I think you're absolutely right. It is family. My two sisters are driving up from Virginia for the first time Christmas here in Toronto. And it's, I'm very, very excited about that. Um, and that really is the basis of it. Certainly from my memory was family. 
and my wife is like that too. She she is she had kids. I never had kids, so I missed out on all that. And I think that's a very very important part of really holding the spirit of Christmas is to experience it as a kid and then when you become an adult to experience it as a parent with your children. And I never had that. So I missed out on that part of it. But uh but yeah, 100% it, and and you know there i don't think the correlation between the meaning of Christ's birth and christmas as we see it today i think is very clearly correlated i you know yeah i can get very commercialized with everybody going bonkers buying something for their kids or you know the whole commerciality of christmas is of course uh it's driven by marketing i mean it's not it's not driven by anything of any depth. It's it's driven by by the the retailers and the manufacturers or whatever that are trying to get people to buy stuff. But that's only one tiny part of it. And yeah, I'm sure there are people out there that know no other part, that that's the only thing they focus on. But if you have any kind of in-depth, insightful, introspective thinking about family, love, what's important, that's all correlated directly with what what Jesus was bringing to to the manifest world, you know. And um, I don't think I think even yeah. if you aren't religious at all or Christian at all, I I think that's what you can experience mm. from from Christmas. yeah, and the, and also the and also the 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 symbolism of food, yeah. communion, and yeah. it's the communion, right. you know, and right. it's so important, right? right. And even the gift giving, you know, mm. it's it's like it, it, it. No matter what it is, uh, if somebody is focused on materialism, and they love getting a toy or they love getting a, a sweater or whatever, that still that feeling is there. It's like you've given this to me, and I'm very excited about having this thing, and it came from you, and you know, even that is is in in alignment with love and care and and giving and whatever i mean yeah it can it can get thwarted and pushed into a fully 100 percent commercial kind of ordeal but that's you know that's just an outlier i think or well, maybe it's yeah, not but, an outlier yeah but you know my my whole thing generally speaking i'm always trying to find that sort of white pull aspect of of everything you know that silver lining and we can get mm -hmm. extremely cynical about christmas but then then we become like the grinch you know and and oh, yeah. why is is it necessary no i don't think so i i get really annoyed with the whole cynicism about it as well it's like you don't have to make it that way if if you choose mm. to live it that way that's your choice it's not christmas's fault i mean and life is already crappy enough i mean we have to, we we, we, we've been dealing with masks and vaccine mandates and vaccines, mm -hmm. uh, not even quote unquote vaccines and uh, uh, climate change nonsense. And every every single day, there's some attack on our sovereignty and on our freedoms. Mm -hmm. So like, just have a day where you can forget about all of that for a moment. Yeah. And and just come back yeah. to what life is really about. Yeah. That's the opportunity, isn't it? And mm. uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how many people don't take it. I, I know there's a lot of people I see every day that do not like Christmas. They, 
they find it to be way too burdensome. And I get that. I can, I can see that, but you do have to make an effort to, to see what's really there. And particularly if you have kids, because I, I think it's an opportunity to teach your kids, you know, they're, they're so inundated with the commercialism of it, of getting things and all of that, that, that a parent has to take the time to to a quiet time and understanding not i mean if you're religious sure if you're christian great you know you can make it about jesus and his birth and all that but even if 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 you're not you can touch on the things you're talking about mm. you know what it what it means to be close and what the family means and and that kind of thing so todd hey and don't go anywhere my name is germ this is tnt radio bone m m or whatever it is De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. There are big changes going on in the overall global weather pattern over the next 15 to 20 days, exactly opposite of what happened last year. The United States overall is going to become a big focal point for winter weather. Europe also, again, once we get past this transition from the 20th through the 30th. So Europe is warmed up, but a lot of cold is coming, it looks to me, like January, February. And the U.S. may have another bout with snowmageddon, especially in the eastern part of the United States. But this is all part of this climate hypothesis I've developed due to underwater volcanic activity. And I've gone over this a couple of times, and it's pretty hard to do it in a minute or two, so I'm not going to review it. But what we said over a month ago was that there was going to be a lot of damaging storms from the El Nino this year, the Gulf of Mexico up the East Coast, and we got another one coming. We already saw Florida blasted back on November 17th. Well, here comes the next one. But I also said, look out for the hurricane season from hell next hurricane season. That's already on my radar. And if you want to read about it, you go to weatherbell.com. It's not behind the paywall. And you can take a look at what I'm looking at with that. But none of this is part of man-made climate change. That's why I like getting out in front. Because if you look at the readings that I've been doing and actually look at what I've been writing about all this, you find that there is a reason behind it and it has nothing to do with CO2 emissions. This is TNT Climate and Weather Watchdog, meteorologist Joe Bastardi, asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. Hi, I'm Ryan Blaney, a third generation race car driver. And we dedicate a lot of our time to going as fast as possible. But when my grandpa was diagnosed with Alzheimer's, it was a very unexpected bump in the road for us. It's important to notice if older family members are acting differently, experiencing problems with their memory, or having trouble with routine tasks. Early detection of Alzheimer's can give your family time to explore support services, make a plan for the future, and access available treatments. If you or your family are noticing changes, it could be Alzheimer's. Talk about seeing a doctor together. You're listening to Germ Warfare with Jeremy Nell on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. I think, Todd, one of, one of the battles that we are facing now, and I think really, really, really important battles, um, is the family. Agenda 2030, sustainable development, the Great Reset, whatever you want to call it, these frameworks are designed to destroy the family, right? Family is mm-hmm. the foundation of civilization, right? Without the family, we have nothing. And we know that, that uh, 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 birth rates are plummeting all over the world, whether it's by design or by emergence or combination, food, toxins, who, everything. 
this mm-hmm. is what they want the, the depopulation agenda they want they want smaller families they want people just not even to have families feminism is an attack on the family mm-hmm. so for me christmas also plays a really symbolic role in in opposing that i'm getting quite yep. philosophical now but but are you following me oh 100% i'm with you 100% i should have written an article about that but i didn't um it is definitely a source of of attack to accomplish just the things that you're saying and i i do believe that that a main part of the agenda is to destroy family and i you know there's a lot of reasons you could cite for that um i think one of the obvious ones is that people are devoted to family it it becomes your personal tribe uh so you have a less likelihood of complying if if the family itself is threatened it's it's like that's your primary focus and you know a lot of this stuff that's going on is is aimed right at that you know the child the child um uh vaccine schedule um pulling the parent out of the mix you know with all this transgender stuff and everything it's all it's all designed for state control that the state decides what's best for your children not the parent and so that just weakens that structure and yeah the destruction of christmas the destruction of of any of this stuff religion it, it's all geared toward stripping that autonomy from the individual and from the family and uh and people have yeah. also become scared one of the one of the 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 effective tools um against christmas is to make people fearful of the word christmas i mean I, i've been getting emails from people literally saying we wish you a merry festive season <laughs> yeah, right i know I mean, what yeah but even that's bad what? yeah that, that'll reach a point where you're not even supposed to say that because maybe there are people that are not festive and you're not including them you know you're you're assuming that everybody should be festive at, at this time of year and that'll mm. even start to erode uh you know the less and less pinpointed it becomes like at first it's about christmas merry christmas and then it's merry holiday happy holidays and then soon it would be nothing you shouldn't even recognize something that yeah. some people may not be experiencing the way you are yeah and that's and, a very clever uh, subversive tool also uh, it's so very if you clever get, if you if you can't get rid of Christmas, then you just you just ruin it. Yeah, right, right. It's very subversive. It, it, it's it's interesting again to me because I'm always harping on this that people buy this, that mm. that people you know think that it's cool or whatever the word is to put Christmas down. Oh well, you know I I would never be so selfish as to tell somebody Merry Christmas because it's about me then. I like Christmas. And I'm not going to assume that uh, that these other people um, also should like it. And that's the trick because that's not what you're doing. You know, it's, it's you're not uh, being selfish and not considering other people's religion or other people's worldview or other people's happiness or whatever by saying, I'm, I'm Mary, I wish you a merry time, I wish you a merry Christmas, whether mm-hmm. that's your thing or not, it doesn't matter. 
You yeah, know? but that's also the other problem, Todd. Is is inclusive? Inclusivity is a very, yeah. very steep. It's a steep, slippery slope because what it does is that it it destroys any type of exclusivity. Um, yeah. So, in other words, when you go, well, I I'm a Muslim and I don't celebrate Christmas. So, okay, so because you don't celebrate Christmas, now I can't talk about it. And so, right. and and so we we have to now always consider everybody else before we can do anything that is a communist goal yeah to make exactly everybody the same it's exactly what it is i mean we talked about this last time with my quote from fahrenheit 451 which i mm -hmm. won't attempt again because i botched it up but i did write an article specifically about this talking about diversity and, and inclusivity just just what you just said and it comes out in a couple of weeks. I don't know when, but um, but I think that's one of the. And again, why do we buy it? It's like why can't we see this? What you just said, the two sentences you said. Why isn't that just common sense with everybody? Is that if you're constantly looking for inclusivity the way the agenda wants you to, then you will exclude everyone, and everyone will will be required to be the same. And is that inclusivity? Is that diversity? No, it's the opposite. Yeah. In it's, other words, if 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 everybody can't partake, then nobody can. Right. 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 Yeah. It's it's all, you know. I'd say it's all really clever, but in a way, it's it's not clever at all. But it's it works. You know, and um, that little sleight of hand, I mean, it's almost like a magician. There's just a tiny sleight of hand that, that obscures slightly the obvious. So the brain will, will focus on the sleight of hand and not on the obvious thing it's hiding. And that is what they're good at. And I, I, you know, I have a hard time believing they all sit around in a big room and try to figure stuff out. Well, how are we going to trick them about this? But Somehow it does emerge this 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 style of um, of manipulation. You know, it emerges as a sophisticated, conscious, intentional system, and that that's that's interesting. I mean, from a psychological point of view, because it's different than say having a corporation and how they deal with their employees, and they all get together at board meetings or whatever and discuss what they're going to give to their employees, what they're going to hold back, what they're going to do, whatever. It's a very conscious uh, manipulation. And I can't see how this is. Um, I, I don't think there's a club that you have to like show your magic ring to get in the door where everybody discusses these things. And and figures it out and gets orders handed down from the top like what trudeau gets his little secret packed package he goes into a room and plays a little recording of if you choose to accept it this is your mission you know i maybe that's what's happening i don't know you you'd have to you'd have to really believe in a very powerful force like the devil or satan or whatever that's actually sitting on a throne somewhere you know spitting out orders to his minions that's that's a stretch you know i know some people believe that and it answers a lot of questions but it's it's too metaphysical i uh, i think for most people to grasp that so what is it what what is it that that is creating this agenda 
that is so thought out and and so consistent. You know, you're talking about breaking up family and destroying family. The whole trans movement is definitely pushed in that direction. The whole taking authority away from parents. Is that something that was planned or did it just happen? I don't know. That's a good question. Spontaneous order. Um, no, I think a yeah, lot of this yeah. is um, my personal view. And I find that people on our side struggle with this. I do think it's a combination of both design and emergence. I don't think it's only design. Oh. You know, David, David Icke's great, uh -huh. but in his mind, there's no such thing as emergence. Everything ever is by design. Right. And I struggle, right. I struggle to think that humans are not that brilliant. Right. You know, we are right. humans. There is such thing as human nature and human nature right. is a very, very powerful right. uh, part of being that, that just gets completely ignored if everything is by design. That's human nature, Todd, is why the vaccine story fell apart, because there was a very clear top down attempt to try and vaccinate the whole world and, and create mass compliance. I don't think the pharmaceutical giants and the oligarchs and the globalists, I don't think they expected such a big pushback. You see, and that's human nature. Yeah, I, 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 I can see that. I don't know if I would argue in that favor. But anyway, that's too big of a thing. I know we're running out of time. There's a reason, there's a bunch of reasons why I I don't think what happened with the vaccine was not intentional, that it was a surprise to the agenda that it quote unquote fell apart. And there's all kinds of things we can talk about with that, but I won't get into it now. And, and you know, you could be absolutely right. I, I'm not saying that I think you're for certain wrong with that. But what you said about Ike is, is interesting because this design by design or by emergence, the, the idea and the science behind emergent properties is, is pretty fascinating stuff. And when you get a whole bunch of things in place in a particular way, there is a third thing, I'm using like two things in place, but hundreds of things, there is a, a, a not the sum of the parts that comes out of that, that is not created directly by the intention or by design of, of all the other. I'm not, I'm kind of botching up what I'm explaining, but if anybody knows anything about emergent properties, they'll, they'll, they'll know what I'm talking about. And I think this is such a complicated system that's in play. There, there most definitely has to be a lot of it that is emergent from what's being put consciously into place uh, by human nature as well. You know, the shadow human nature, right? I have another article coming out called Inhuman Nature, which essentially is, is what is being played on through human nature, you know, the shadow side of human nature. Um, but anyway, that's another topic. Well, I think- Let's go the back to Christmas. I think, well, I think that's the underlying conversation that you are, you and I are having is about essentially the case for Christmas and in many ways why Christmas can also be used against global oh, agendas. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. remember, the one of, okay, so there are two core principles of Christmas. If you're a Christian, it's Christ. And then the other is, wait for it, family. That, that, that is, is the big, big one. one. Family. Wow. <laughs> That's impressive. <laughs>
Yeah, I think so too. Can't say it enough. Can't can't say that. Can't say it enough. Family is the big one. Sorry, I had my foot on. <laughs> I thought you knew that, and you were just making a point. No, no, I, no, I didn't know that. Sorry, I had my foot on. I, I was trying to make a point about family. <laughs> Thanks, Alex. Right, and you did. <laughs> no, but anyway, the point is this: family, family, family. Can't say it enough. That is how. That is a, one of the things that globalists hate the most is family. Mm -hmm. And what is family? Family is an awareness of unity. It's an awareness of unity consciousness. We walk around the earth as blobs of flesh and blood and whatever, and we very quickly can lose our sense of unity, that we're all yes. one, that we're all connected spiritually. And family is the, is the only one of those things that's in the works that solidifies that, that awareness of oneness. Even if you're not mm. religious or believe in God or anything, you still, with family, you you know what that feels like to be solidified as as a unit, and they don't want that for sure. It's like that causes you to be to be a human, <laughs> not a machine. So there's a comment here. S Sandy says uh, the whole universe is designed by the creator and easily seen to be the end. It's a great comment to end our conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah. Well, okay, we are running out of time, Todd. So let's quickly promo. Yep. Okay, go for okay, it. Okay, yeah, Shrew Views. Come and visit www.shrew, like the animal, views.com. Uh, it's my Substack, and there's a great community there. That's the most fun part about it. I do I do respond to all the comments, and uh, it's it's great. So, And if you join up now, if you join as a paid subscriber, you'll get my Christmas CD, my yes. bony M&M &M Christmas The one that has no bony M&M. Come on, Alex. Right. Come on, give us the clip. Bone M and M or whatever it is. <laughs> bone bone M and M, bone M and M. That's, That's it. my I've new name. It. Yeah. Dot com. <laughs> All right, Todd, and thank you for joining me in the okay, dreams. buddy. It's great seeing you, and Merry Christmas to you and your family, and to everyone else out there listening. I love, I love that you said Christmas. I'm going to use my filter. Christmas. Christmas, Christmas, yes. Christmas. Everybody, everybody hates the term these days, so I'm going to keep saying it. <laughs> yeah, you say it as much as that, you can. That and family. All right, Todd, thanks for joining me, yes, my friend. Sir. I'll catch you soon. Thank bye you bye. Uh, for the conversation, thanks, Alex. Todd. And uh, yes, thanks, Alex and, uh, and Noop for, <laughs> for helping out during the show. It is that time of the year. It's silly, but it is what it is. Send me an email, jimwarfare.tntradio.live. I'll catch you tomorrow. My name is Jim. This is Jim Warfare, the Battle of Ideas. Bone, M&M, &M or whatever it is.